0: Open for a radio. What community sounds like.
1: Stay open. I like it black, just black as night. It keeps me up, it keeps me tight. It don't matter the size of the cup. Just as long as you fill it up with black.
0: Hello, friends and fellow craft beer drinkers, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. My name is Denny Luce, and with me, as always, is the homebrew engineer himself, John Ream. How are you doing tonight, John?
1: Yeah, I'm getting by. Uh, kids are both sick. Uh, one is has walking pneumonia. Ooh. The other one we think is on his way to that and has a double ear infection uh, oh, to man. go on top of it. So. Uh, they're they're trying to take me down, but I'm persevering. You know, I'm here, and I I brewed a beer today, so I'm totally out of
0: it. Okay, but well, hey, that sounds like a good day if you're brewing beer. You have to, you know, make up for the the little bit of a side side issues with the kids, and then brew some beer, and you you'll forget that they even have problems because you're been drinking and brewing, and
1: yeah, I mean. (laughs) So i i did a i did a pale ale with some lemon drop and mandarina Bavaria hops. Ooh, so, ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, hopefully it turns out. I think yeah, it will.
0: Yeah did you did you miss us? Uh, I'm sorry. Who? <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, we missed you. We missed you. But you know what? Uh, Mister Chris McKenzie did a fantastic job filling in for you. In fact, we got some feedback that might uh, scare you a little bit, John. Uh, He may may be taking taking over your spot if you don't uh, watch out. Yeah, he's coming for my job. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hey, let's get this this, uh, show started. And in case we have any new listeners to the show, Tap the Craft Podcast is an educational podcast, and we are focused around celebrating all things craft beer and, of course, helping people along in their craft beer journey. And you are listening to episode 65, and we are recording on Sunday, January 15th, 2017. And this week, we will be discussing coffee beers. Yep, we have uh, a couple articles from the craftbeer.com site. Uh, One that's uh, discussing single-origin coffee beers, and another one that's a that is a kind of a new thing to me that I never heard of until I read the article. But this is talk- it's talking about barrel-aged coffee bean beers. Wow. That's something pretty interesting. So I can't wait to talk about that. And, of course, since we have John, the homebrew engineer extraordinaire, uh, he's going to give us a little bit of insight on his experience with brewing with coffee, brewing beer with coffee. And guess what? We didn't warn you guys ahead of time, but we are going to do a tasting in this episode. We're going to taste the La Guanita's Cappuccino Stout. And we're going to do that early in the show because it's, you know, it's kind of late. And I don't want to be drinking this caffeine beer at 9 or 10 o'clock at night and then try to go to sleep. So we're going to try to drink it a little bit earlier, and then we'll go into our, our topics. And, of course, you can always count on John and I bantering back and forth and having a good time talking beer so be prepared for that also. But, John, before we get too far into the show, what are you drinking tonight? So
1: I'm just going all coffee beer. Um, so tonight I'm drinking the uh, Shiner uh, Birthday Beer Cold Brew Coffee Ale. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, it's pretty nice. It's really smooth. Um, I I think I'm starting to be able to tell those Those beers that do uh, the cold brew uh, method um, because it really it picks up pretty much none of the bitterness or that you know yeah harsh acidity from the coffee yeah um, and uh, you know that's what this is it's going down pretty
0: easy I'm almost done with it so uh, yeah I'm enjoying it okay I, I haven't had that one yet so maybe I should look for that one myself I I, uh, I do enjoy. The stuff that comes out of the shiners. I mean, I is the brewery. Its brewery is not actually called Shiner. It's it's called Spetzels. Uh, spod- Spetzel's, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I always call it Shiner because that's what I remember it. And of course, that's their Shiner Bach is their famous famous beer. Yeah. But yeah, and they're from Shiner, Texas. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I've I've actually visited the breweries. It's probably my first brewery? No, I take it back. I actually visited. Uh, Budweiser Brewery before I visited Shiner, back in the day. Yeah, uh, we won't we won't uh, remember that though. Uh. <laughs> so what are you drinking at night? Well, um, I've been drinking a lot over the last few days, and to, today even I've been drinking some some big stuff. So I I thought I'd go for the light the, the lightest beer I have in my fridge. And I am drinking the stump town oatmeal red ale, and this is one of the ones I talked about in the last episode that I really enjoy and this is from bridgeport brewing and John, have you had a chance to have this o r a beer yet? no, I was uh yeah, hearing you describe it and talk
1: about it with chris and uh, I need to see if uh it's around here
0: yeah, I'm pick it up yeah you have to you have to see I absolutely love this beer it's it's is really well balanced between having a little maltiness sweetness in there with the bitterness and it kind of blends really well kind of bounces out so you don't have too much of either you know a little bit of sweetness up front but it finishes dry nice hop a little bit of bitterness uh really enjoyable great mouthfeel Uh, i forget what the abv is i mean i'm I'm saying light but i think it's still probably high fives or six percent i can't remember what it was but Uh, but yeah, I didn't want to drink another nine percent beer before we go into another almost ten percent beer for our tasting, and I've been drinking you know nine and ten and eight percent beers uh, all day, so I would be a, I'm already probably gonna be a slurring little fool tonight, but this will help me not get get there so fast.
1: And if it's a good one, you know,
0: oh, it's a great nice way
1: to ease yourself in. So oh
0: yeah, yeah, for sure for sure. All right, John. So everyone knows you weren't here last episode. So please tell us that you were doing something fun or were you just out enjoying the holidays?
1: Uh, So we went to Ohio, uh, which I think you had, you had mentioned Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, went back to visit family, visit my folks and my siblings and uh, some of Kristen's family as well. And uh, it was a good trip. Um, hit a bit of a rough start to the trip. Uh, we were traveling on Christmas, and due to weather in Chicago, our flight was canceled um, out of <laughs> oh, Seattle. No. So we uh, couldn't get out that day. Uh, we booked uh, five a.m. the next morning. Um, so you know we had to be back at the airport around three thirty, or, or around like four um, four thirty ish. Uh, and, uh, so we got a hotel, um, and, uh, after spending two and a half hours waiting to get our bags back so we could go to the hotel, um, we finally got the kids some, some dinner, uh, from McDonald's, which was the only thing that was open, uh, near us, uh, got them down and, uh, at 9.30, my oldest, uh, wakes up. Uh, very sick, I mm. uh, get him to the bathroom, but not in time uh, to the to the commode and uh spent an hour cleaning up the mess. Oh, no. uh, that was all over me and the hotel bathroom, and that continued all night. uh Chris and I maybe got like twenty minutes of sleep between us um, for that we got to use for the total forty-ish hours that we ended up being awake, uh getting everybody east, but after that, everything went smoothly. <laughs> um had a good time with family and uh um had some good beers some of which i'll I'll talk about in a minute oh cool um but uh yeah it it was actually you know a bit of a reaction, relaxing trip after after the journey out um which honestly d- didn't set the bar very high for improving, you know, but uh I think we did a pretty good job of
0: clearing it well, um yeah, know. I'm surprised that after uh, me personally. If uh, if my kid would have gotten sick, you know, at a hotel before we even left town, the day before, I think I might have canceled the trip. <laughs> I don't think I have the 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 strength to to take a, a known sick kid on a plane uh, to you know fly across the country. Uh, that could have been a disaster. But I mean, luckily he he just got it all out of him that night, right? He didn't have any problems on a plane. Uh, so we had one
1: last. A big hurrah uh, in the airport Mm. um, at our gate as they were calling us to board. (laughs) Um, And Chris and I looked at each other. We looked at the puddle on the chair, and we said, (laughs) we're getting on the airplane. (laughs) And so we went to the gate. AJ, we said, look, he just got sick. I'm sorry. You need to call somebody to go clean that up, but uh, we'll be on board. (laughs) And... (laughs) Um, that after that, he didn't have any more issues. Every time he started coughing, uh, Chris and I both had, you know, one of the, uh, bags on the air and just like both of us had our hands in front of him, you know, instantly. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, I think if we were doing a quick out and back, um, we may have considered canceling the trip altogether. Yeah. Um, but, uh, since we were, had a planned you know nine or ten day trip, it's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't wanna give all that up um you know so yeah. at least at least we'll have some time with him healthy you know while we're there, so yeah okay. um, yeah, no, I had a great time with family and and everything after that, so it worked out well good, so how about you i I know you uh you had quite a day um Yesterday, I believe, or on Friday. Friday, yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Uh, We um. So my buddy Alex, he's uh, been re. He's moved here from Israel, and he goes back for work and to visit family. But he went back for the holidays. He went out for about two, three weeks back to Israel, and he came back on Monday or Tuesday this last week. And he came back into town and said, "Hey, Denny, let's get together. I got I brought a bunch of beers back from Israel. I want to, I want to share them with you." I said, "All right, let's do it." So we agreed on Friday. So Friday, we get together after work with uh, a few more of, of our friends, and we, he busts out about twenty three beers. Not all of them from Israel, and and I brought a couple. My buddy Sean brought a couple, and he had a couple home brews. So so some of them weren't uh, you know were from local. Or you know, at least from the states. But he brought a lot of, of good uh, international beers, not only from Israel, but from Scotland and Denmark or Scotland. Yeah, Denmark. McKellar's from Denmark, right? And I'm trying to um, kind of.
1: He's more from wherever he is that day. That's right. He's a He's gypsy. Easy. He's a gypsy. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay, but uh, but a, and, and even one from Ireland. And uh, I'm going to talk about these beers. You know what? Normally, John, we go right into your new noteworthy beers. But because this is part of my what I did fun, I'm just going to go ahead and take the lead and just dive into the beers that Alex shared with us. And some of them were very, very good. Some of them were okay. And some of them weren't very good. But I'm going to talk about just a few of the ones that were the highlight of the night. All right. Let's do it. Yeah, that we really enjoyed. And so the first one, I'm going to go in, in, in the order of the rankings from the highest rated ones that I had down to the lower rated ones. But, again, the lowest rated one is three and three quarters uh, cap, so it's not that low. But the first one is, is an Israeli beer from the brewery Shapiro. And I've had this beer before, but this is a, the 2017 version. I've had a 2016 version last year. And it was uh, the Shapiro Jack's Winter Ale, and this beer is a winter warmer, and it's aged, or it's, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know if it's, I want to say aged. It, it they included uh, Jack Daniels whiskey soaked oak chips into the beer when they when they <laughs> uh, fermented it, and uh, I had the year, like I said, I had it before, and it was okay. Um, but it came across a little too boozy, I think, the first time I had it. And this time, on the 2017 version, they must have learned from their previous batches, and they had the perfect amount of blend. The whiskey was had the flavor in there, but wasn't overtaking the quality of the beer. The beer was very nice, and the whiskey oak flavor was in there to support it like perfectly. I gave this beer a 5-cap rating because it was done really well, and a, and a really nice winter ale. And uh, it's actually a, it's a Belgian-strong dark ale with uh, oak chips soaked in Jack Daniel's whiskey. It's 8.5% ABV. So this is one that if I go back, when I go back to Israel, I'm going to try to pick up a bottle uh, to send you, John, so you can try this one. I think you'll really enjoy this one. No, that sounds delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so now we're going to go from uh from israel we're gonna this is an international this is my uh new and noteworthy beers international flair version because a lot of times (laughs) you know john you and i we we really talk about all the west coast beers because that's what we get around here and some of our listeners around the world and over even in the eastern states they might miss out on on the opportunity to get some of these beers but this one these are beers that, you know, everyone around the world might have an opportunity to try. So I'm really excited to be able to share these.
1: And by chance, I'm going to be doing uh, some international stuff as well. Ooh. So, oh,
0: yeah. nice. All right. little well, Yeah. <laughs> so the next one, we're going to jump over into Scotland. And this is BrewDog's Elvis Juice IPA. A 6.5% grapefruit peel with a caramel malt base and uh, kind of mixes in some pine and citrus hop flavors in there. And I'll tell you what, uh, this beer was really, really good. It it had a, it's one that was hard for me to really describe. I kind of just pulled out those key those key um, descriptors because that's kind of what I remember. But it was just really good, really smooth, uh, not too grapefruity. I think the grapefruit peel added a little bit of bitterness to it that kind of you know really went well with the citrus and the pine flavors and i really enjoyed it and this is one that uh, i think that if you guys can get brew dog i know brew dogs you know building that brewery in ohio i don't know if they're brewing this stuff over here yet but if you can get some of this elvis juice try it out it's a great ipa and i gave that a 5 cap rating also
1: nice yeah and they're coming into ohio yeah with their that brewery so yeah, a lot of folks be, hopefully better get this stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. So I'm just throwing that out there. Write that on your guys' list. So if you see it, go ahead and grab it. The next one, we're going to jump over to Ireland. And this is McGargle's. And that's a a really weird name for a brewery. Huh? McGar- McGargle's? I don't know. At, at first, I thought it was a joke. But that's really the brewery's name. And this is the Francis's Big Bangin' IPA. It's a 7.1% IPA. And, and it's... You know, it's labeled as an American IPA, but there's nothing American about this sucker. It, it, I think it's... I'm labeling it as an Irish IPA because it was super smooth and really good. Uh, I mean, it reminded me a lot of an English IPA. I would say it's more an English IPA side, but it didn't have those earthy herbal tones that you might get from some of those uh, English IPAs. It had, you know... I don't know. It had flavorful hops, but it was also very smooth and very easy drinking and very tasty. Uh, I gave that one a four and a half cap rating. I really enjoyed that one. And now bouncing back over to Israel, we have the uh, Sagrim, Sagrim Ronin the Evil Dark. It's an American brown ale, and I I didn't realize this was a brown ale until I I went to check it in on Untapped, and saw it was a brown ale. But it's a it is a great dark ale and it's actually a bit stronger had a bit stronger uh, roasty toasty uh, malt flavor than a normal brown would have but it was definitely not in the category as a porter or you know as high as a porter or or a stout for sure uh very very good dark ale uh this is a beer i could drink every day uh i mean this brewery is hasn't Disappointed me yet with any of the beers that I've had from them. And, and this one was was one I hadn't had before, which is surprising. Uh, and it was very good. I gave it four and a half cap rating. Yeah, you just don't
1: see very many brown nails anymore or anything I know. that the people are willing to call a brown ale. Yeah. Um, so I think there are a few brown nails out there right now that are being sold as porters um, just because porter and stout, I think, sells better. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a brown ale resurgence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what we, we mentioned. That's one of the things that we mentioned in our predictions, which you haven't done your predictions yet. Um, but what we'd like to see or trends and things we'd like to see for sure is more of these not so out in the open styles, get, you know, making a breakthrough and, and come back. I'd love to see more brown ales for sure. And more Scottish ales and, and more ESBs, you know, things, you know, the 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 styles that that kind of get swept under the carpet. I want them to come out of the carpet and be right in our face this year. That's what we're, that's what I want for 2017. And I already started it off. I got a brown ale that was fantastic. So I'm, I'm on a, a right track. There you go. The next one is also from Israel. And this is from another brewery that I love. Uh, everything I've had from this brewery, from this, uh, in Israel has been fantastic, and this is from Alexander, and it's called it's their Imperial Stout, ten point four percent. This is a big old stout, but here's the thing, it was a big stout, but it it had a decent mouthfeel. It had it had some body to it, but it was very smooth, and it had a and it did have a nice uh, bitterness to it. You know, you could you could taste the bitterness. You know, it wasn't overly bitter where it was too much, but it had a nice strong Bitterness, and I'm not sure if that was coming from the you know the the darker uh, malts that they used, It maybe use a little bit more darker malts and it came across more bitter. But it didn't matter. I loved it, but it still it was still smooth. It was it had a little bit of of that flavor in there, but it didn't it wasn't harsh. It didn't you know linger around in your mouth. It, it was there and then, and then smoothed out really nice for a finish. And I was really surprised that that sucker was so big in alcohol because there's no way that you, you know, this beer you would think would be a 10.4% beer. So this one gets you in trouble. And I gave it a four and a half cap rating. And the next one is the, the McKellar uh, Alexander collab collaboration. Again, McKellar, which as John already mentioned, they're a gypsy brewery. They kind of brew wherever they can get space. I'm not sure. I'm assuming that they were, that he was brewing in, in, uh, in Israel at the uh, Alexander. Brewery, so that's that's probably why that's probably where he was brewing. But this is the cloak, the collaboration that's called the Beer of Milk and Honey, and it's an imperial milk stout coming in at 8.4 percent alcohol. And this was a good beer, but as I everyone already knows, especially from last episode, I kind of went off on how I'm not a big, you know, milk stout fan because of the sweetness. And this was super sweet. I mean, overly sweet, uh, but it still tasted it, 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 it tasted good. And uh, I only rated it three and three quarters because it's not my type of style. But I appreciated what it was, and I think people that enjoy a sweeter beer would really enjoy this beer. Uh, it was it was very unique, and I and I, I just want to mention it because this was one that that surprised me. And and I'm not used to seeing Imperial Milk stouts. so. And then, now bringing it back, bringing it back into the states because I can't leave, you know, us out here over in the in the United States. So I am once again mentioning another Moylan's Brewery uh, beer because this brewery, I swear, doesn't make a bad beer. Everything I've had. From this brewery has been fantastic, and now you can put one more on your list of if you go visit California, you gotta, you know, pick up some of these beers. And this is Danny's Irish style red ale, comes in at six point five percent, and this red ale is an Irish red. Oh my gosh, it is again a almost perfect example of a really good dry Irish red ale. Uh, very very smooth, good good. Uh, Cara, you know, some some caramel uh, malt in there, uh, but it was like a toasted toffee, maybe a little bit of toffiness to it. Uh, really good, uh, really smooth. Uh, hides the ab, you know, the alcohol very well, even though it's not very high at six point five. You wouldn't even know it was that. You would think this is like a three percent beer, maybe. Was, I mean, really, really smooth, fantastic. It was a hit at the party. We had this at the. Uh, I brought I brought this one to the the tasting, and everyone loved it. So it's a, it was a hit from, from all the people that showed up. Uh,
1: nice. Yeah. I, since you had mentioned the uh, stout, I've been uh, looking for these uh, boiling spears. I did manage to find one uh, here, but it was at a place that keeps stuff warm, and it wasn't uh, very fresh, so I oh, skipped it.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um,
1: but I, I haven't seen the stout yet, uh, but I'm going to keep looking.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, since I've found that dry Irish stout, um, I've already bought six and bought and drink at least six twenty-two ounce bottles of it because I just wow, I love it. I can't. I mean, it's it is. I'm telling you, it's like the perfect Irish dry Irish stout for me. I just I I love it. it. Goes down smooth, tastes good. Uh, this red ale, this Irish red, uh, this might this is another style we don't see a lot of. That would be nice to see more. Irish reds and uh, this one's again if, you, if if people aren't familiar with the style I think this is very very close to what an Irish red a good Irish red is supposed to be so John look for this one too I think you'll enjoy it if you find no it and the last beer that I'm going to talk about is is from Fort George Brewing in uh, uh, Astoria Oregon and this is the overdub session IPA and it comes in at 4.5, right at the session level. And this IP, this session IPA, you know, everyone knows that John and I aren't big fans of session IPAs. This one does it right. Uh, it's not a pale ale. It's got a nice body and fantastic hop flavor without being overly hopped up. Uh, probably one of the probably if I had a, if there was a if there was a category that was just session IPA and Untapped, which I don't know. Is there a session IPA? Maybe it is session IPA. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Oh. It does have its own uh, um, its own thing. Okay. Yeah. So I was rating this in my head in the IPA range, and I was and I gave it four caps. I might have to change that to a five cap if it's in the session IPA category because this is what I consider like a, a very very good IPA that is a sessionable IPA. Yeah. And, and John, I don't remember. Th- did you have this one yet? The overdub.
1: I have. Yeah, I also gave it four. Yeah.
0: So, so you agree that it's a it's a, mm-hmm. a solid IPA that just happens to be low. I mean, I, I was really impressed by it. Yeah,
1: I, I like that one. Okay.
0: So I we just want to I just want to make sure that our listeners know that we're not anti session IPA. When a good one comes out, we will definitely lift it up. So you guys to try. <laughs> All right. Just one side note. I said that was my last beer, but I'm not really going to talk about the beer, but I want to just mention that I did finally drink the New Belgium Chocolate Chip Cookie Dough uh, Ale Float. So I had it with the Ben & Jerry's ice cream and the beer, and it's meant to go together. And I, I honestly believe that they brewed these beers, these special uh, Ben & Jerry's beers, only to go in the in the ice cream because, honestly... The mix between the ice cream and the beer is perfect. And this, like, I, I really enjoyed the one they had last time. was like, what was that, peanut butter? No.
1: no it was a brownie. Brownie. One.
0: Yeah, chocolate brownie ale. That one went really well with their ice cream. Uh, but that beer was crap. I, yeah, I mean, the beer
1: I, didn't stand up by itself. Yeah,
0: yeah, by itself. That beer was horrible. I hated it. But with that beer and the ice cream, it was a perfect match. And this is very similar to that. The beer and ice cream... I mean almost perfect match. I could not believe how well this beer went with that vanilla the and again it has to be the Ben & Jerry's ice cream I think because Ben & Jerry's ice cream alone this the cookie dough ice cream wasn't that great. I'm like, yeah, this ice cream yeah, it's it's okay. Put the beer in it and the beer flavors with the with the ice cream uh, made made the ice cream and the beer taste better. So alone, each of them, not that great together. Really good. So I gave the beer and the beer. Now what's different this time with the beer is that this beer is actually decent alone. It's not going to win any awards, but it wasn't horrible. It did come across a little bit sweeter than, um, I, I like in a beer and I think it had to have that little bit of sweetness to it to, to blend well with the flavors of the ice cream. So I gave it three and a half caps for the, the beer alone. Uh, if I were to give it a rating with the ice cream and a float, it's a whole cap rating above because it, it elevates uh, a lot. It makes it a four and a half cap beer with the ice cream. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought this year's beer was better than last year's beer. Um, we didn't do a float this year because when I first found it, uh, I could only find a 12 ounce bottle of it. Mm. And I wasn't willing to commit to a six pack based off the previous year. Yeah. Um, I later found the bombers of it. but uh, So we only had the one 12-ounce bo- uh, bottle, so we, we split the bottle and then just ate the ice cream next to it, <laughs> um, which is still good. So,
0: Well, you know what, John? I think you, can, you might still be able to find a 22-ounce bottle, and I think that you and Kristen, you deserve to have this beer and the ice cream together. So maybe you can do that yeah we're worth it yeah yeah you deserve it you deserve it all right so i that's the end of my beers i i talked up a storm but i had a lot to share because we drank 23 beers and those were just the the highlights of the show that i wanted to to tell everyone but john you mentioned that you also have a little international flair to your new and noteworthy so why don't you talk about your beers
1: yeah, so on that note I'm going to talk about something from Virginia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to the uh international stuff in a in a minute, but um to start off, I'm going to talk about a side-by-side that Chris and I just did um which is a series of beers from uh Adroit Theory um in Virginia and is their uh I don't know. I I always just say it uh, "Black Celebration," but it's B L V C K Celebration, um, which was a series of three beers: uh, an Imperial Porter um, that was uh, brewed with maple syrup, uh, blackstrap molasses, black lava salt, and then aged three different ways. Um, So we had it on aged on oak staves. And then also aged in rum barrels and aged in whiskey barrels. Mm. Um and my favorite, which I officially put in the list, but I'll talk about all three of them, was the Oak staves. Uh the Oak character came across really well. Um it that it balanced out the beer really nicely. Um and uh relative to the others, I just think it was a better put together package. Mm-hmm. Um The runner-up, which was actually Kristen's favorite, was a rum barrel, Mm. Um, which I I haven't had that many beers done in rum barrels. Um, And I also don't drink much rum. So, (laughs) you know, I don't necessarily know, uh, you know, exactly what character to expect. Um, And I don't know if the, you know, the rum barrel character was just not as strong as the oak staves or the the whiskey barrel, but it seemed to kind of play up the chocolatiness of the beer um in a way so I, I don't know if just more of the base was showing through um in that one uh, but it, it was very nice um and then the the whiskey barrel version was actually uh both Chris and I's, uh least favorite of the of the group it was still still good but Um, I think it was a clear step below the other two, Um, but uh, it had a very nice aroma, but there was something about, you know, I don't know uh, if it was that bit of saltiness or or something that just wasn't playing very well with the the whiskey character, Um, which it didn't really pop out every sip, but every, you know, third or fourth, it would kind of bite you. And Hmm. then you didn't really, I I don't know. It was odd. I mean, overall it was very nice, but every once in a while you just got a sip where something came to the front that didn't, uh, really play well together. Um, Hmm. but, uh, overall the whole series was very enjoyable. Um, it's actually been sitting in my fridge for a long time, uh, waiting to, to do this, um, but it was a series, I had three, I had one 12-ounce bottle of each one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's enough beer to do it with, like, two people, but not enough for really more than that. Yeah. You know, for everybody to really get a good uh, taste. Um, but it was also, you know, three uh, 10% beers that, you know, I don't necessarily want to try to do that myself <laughs> and actually, you know, end up enjoying it and getting everything out of it. Yeah. The side by side, and it's one of those things you want to share. So it, it was really waiting for a long time till uh, you know had a long day on on Friday, and I was just like, you know what, those are in the fridge; those are getting drank. So um, we finally pulled the trigger on so, it. So,
0: so what was the brewery again? uh Adroit Theory. Adroit. Okay. Wow, it sounds sounds interesting, and and I mean overall, even the one that you didn't like the. M- very well was still a decent beer though right i think you still I gave, still gave it i still gave it like a four or four and a oh. four so <laughs> oh my gosh
1: no like i said they were all very good but <laughs> it was just you know they there was just a clear set it was a there was a separation yeah yeah you know? okay um I, i'm picking i'm picking nits uh, on these <laughs> um but uh all right so now i'm gonna jump into my my international middle here and then i'll finish with uh Another good old USA beer. All right. <laughs> um, so the first one is uh, from uh, Brasserie St. Fulien. It's their Speciale, which is a Belgian dark strong ale. Mm, okay. Um, so I found this uh, in the back of my parents' fridge. It's <laughs> back in Ohio. And it was from 2012. Oh, Nice. Um, and so I took it over to them and was like, I'm going to open this and does anybody want some? And then everyone's like, no, what? So (laughs) I got this whole bottle to myself of this awesome Belgian dark strong ale, uh, that I gave, uh, uh, four and a half to, um, but it was very smooth. Um, just, uh, some nice little fruit character, um, you know, it, I mean, it held up real well um, over the last, you know, six years. It's been or four years. It's been sitting in uh, that fridge. Wow. Uh. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that, and it was a nice, uh, you know, little present for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Was um, it? Was it a seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottle? Yeah. Oh wow.
1: Yeah. So. I enjoyed that night. It was a good, <laughs> it was a good night.
0: And, and even after you, you gave it praises, no one st- wanted to drink it still. You still had to drink it all yourself. Um,
1: I, I ended up giving like little taste to <laughs> a couple people, but they didn't want, you know, more than that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so was part of the, the group had already started in on their wine and you know, they didn't want to jump back to, to beer. Yeah. Or, you know, understand, but I, I didn't mind. Yeah. Um, so uh all right then the the other one that i'll uh i'll mention um you know got it probably you got a little bonus points because this was uh you know winning a bet uh got me this beer uh so my my brother and i have like running bets over uh football and baseball throughout the year and uh it's just a six-pack to the winner um and uh this year I lost the baseball one, but I uh, won the football one. So my uh my six pack uh brought me back some nice things, including uh from uh Truck Air House Brewery, um, out of Scotland, uh their their house ale, um, which is an ale fermented in oak barrels. Mm. And uh this thing was just delicious. Um it was really, really smooth. You got the oak kind of on, on the back when you're, you know, mm-hmm. in the finish mm-hmm. as you're swallowing, um, which just kind of added a nice little complexity to it without, you know, dominating or, uh, you know, it, I don't know. It just, it, it played well. It didn't seem like it wasn't, uh, it didn't belong. Um, but uh, that, that one I really enjoyed. Um, and that was a a pint bottle, I think. So uh, that was a nice nice one for me as well.
0: Yeah, I, um, I saw when you drank that, and I, it really looked interesting and something that yeah that I would enjoy too. Now he was able to get this in the states at, or was did he bring it back from a trip? No,
1: he he bought it. Uh, I think at a place in Columbus. Okay. So yeah, so I mean, if it should. Maybe available uh, if you, if you uh, can find it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd very much recommend it, especially if you enjoy some of the Scottish stuff. Um, this thing was very nice. Excellent. Uh, and then uh, I'll wrap up um, with uh, beer from uh, Cincinnati uh, from Rheingeist Brewery, their pure fury. Uh, it's it's just an awesome pale ale. Uh, hops just jump out of the glass. Uh, it's done with uh, Amarillo, uh, Mosaic, and Cascade. Uh, and uh, I don't know this. This was kind of my um, my go to. I had I had picked up uh, a sixer of this, and um, I just kept going back for these. Oh. Uh, They're just real easy to put down, full of flavor. And, you know, it didn't – even though there's a ton of hop flavor and character to it, it didn't burn you out on it because uh, it was, you know, just a well-put-together pail so the bitterness didn't just blow you away. You know, not like you're drinking a bunch of IPAs and then you just can't taste anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, this beer was just very, very well done. And I, I really enjoyed that one. So uh, if if you're in Guy's footprint, uh, definitely pick up some of the Pure Fury. Mm. Just a very nice beer,
0: oh, good, good well, I'm sure devious Mr. Matt will get hooked up with that if he hasn't already had it. yeah, yeah, he should pick it up <laughs> all right well man we both had some great beers, and uh, I don't know uh, i I don't know if you want we, we kind of covered the untapped uh, challenge uh, you know end of the year um, we, you know we mentioned that you were one beer behind at the at the new year's turn turn of the new year. Yeah. Um yeah, so we're not going
1: to keep uh doing the updates. Um <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but I will give a little uh backstory to that I was one behind. Okay. Um so we we you know, we gotten we'd been to the beer store, we came back. Uh I got a couple beers in on uh, New Year's Eve when I looked at the fridge and I realized you know, I don't know that I plan this out very well. I <laughs> don't think I have enough to catch him. And I uh, was like, all right, well, let me check the the current tab, you know, which I should have done when we were at the beer store. <laughs> um, but uh, I pulled it up and, you know, I was like, ah, oh, you know, I, I technically I can do it. I can get him. Um you know, at, at least for a moment of time, I can at, at least catch him. Maybe be one ahead. But I got to get it done before Danny starts celebrating New Year's <laughs> Eve. Um, because if he starts, I'm sunk. Um, so I was getting there, I was almost there. And uh, right as I go and pour the beer that's going to tie it, I pull up untapped, and you have checked into a beer. <laughs> and I'm like no <laughs> that was so close um but uh it, i i was actually going to tie you with a labatt blue Ooh. Um, which was the beer my brother brought over he was uh watching the blue jackets um that was it was during their uh big win streak um that was second longest win streak in NHL history and uh so he that was that was that's his hockey beer I actually I enjoyed the Labatt Blue. Oh, okay. um, it has some good flavor to it. Um, but uh, I also thought it would be funny if that was the beer that I tied you on. <laughs> um, so I, I actually laid it out that I was going to um, do it that way. But then you you drank something, and then I just didn't have enough ammunition in the fridge to keep up. Mm. Um, so I, I never did overtake you, uh, even so far in this new year. Although I was close again, and then uh, Friday happened.
0: Yeah,
1: um, you jumped ahead after your uh, your international uh, beer party. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I only I only logged the beers that were new. I had there was like I said there was twenty three beers we drank all together. So I think I only logged like maybe fifteen or (laughs) thirteen. Only yeah, (laughs) (laughs) the other ones I already had, so I could I didn't log those. Well, and I I was
1: looking, you know, when we were doing fridays when we did the uh that tasting of the three um porters Mm -hmm. and so i told Chris, i was like yeah this would be a nice thing to you know keep me uh close to him or you know keep keep up the pace and then i saw you'd logged like four and i saw the picture on facebook and i was like oh no (laughs) um but then you only logged four that day and i think you filled in the rest the next day um, so at that night I was like, Oh good. He only logged four of them. So that's not too bad. And then Saturday I was like, Oh man. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, now I'm, I'm back to quite, uh, almost 20 behind, I think something like that.
0: Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's already been a busy year for me. It's
1: only the first couple of weeks. So. Well, yeah, and I was only back by six or seven on Friday, so that's you know, not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's okay. That's okay. It was it was a good valiant effort, and there's always you know next year, you can you can, maybe maybe for 2018 resolution, you'll you'll be able to pass me.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's not going to be a focus, um, <laughs> but you know I started 126 beers behind. Yeah, so I, I think I did did pretty well yeah and unfortunately uh you know i i actually have a graph of me chasing you um <laughs> which i'll have to put up um on twitter uh i'll have to go back and see if i can reverse engineer the 1231 um standings okay um but uh unfortunately because of this i also know how many unique beers i you know have oh, drank yeah. Yeah. over this this year <laughs> um you know, and that's just the unique ones. Yeah. So it's not, <laughs> oh, I <know. laughs> and, I know how, and I know how many you did too. Okay. So, okay. um, <laughs> if I can reverse engineer it, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll give those totals next time.
0: Okay. So that'd be great. That'd be great. All right. Well, that's the end of our untapped challenge. We won't hear about it anymore unless John has the, uh, the nice chart just to, just so we can laugh about and, or cry about, uh, if we see it's too much, we might want to, not want to publish it, uh, on social media in case any of our bosses are watching. (laughs) Well,
1: I I can, I can do the, uh, just the difference rather than, uh, the, the totals.
0: Okay. You know? Yeah.
1: And then, then it only looks like I'm the drunkard.
0: Yeah. That works. That works (laughs) perfect. That works perfect. All right. Well, uh, we had some feedback from the last episode and the first one we're going to talk about is from our buddy, Jason Lacey. Now he's a little late, you know, he, he, he should have had this to us last episode, but I think he was behind because of the holidays. He was behind and get listen to our our uh, end of year show until after we had you know, already got the other show out. And uh, he he wanted to reply back to his five beers because he just had a list. He didn't actually describe them, and he I think he felt a little bit bad that everyone else, you know, pretty much described with their beers and everything, and even his co-host you know, did a pretty good job describing what each beer was, you know, how he liked it and what was good or bad about, or what he liked, you know, what was good about it. So Jason wrote back to us and here's what he says. He says, okay, after listening to the show, I really needed to provide some more context here. So going back to the beers that he chose, the first one was the Troll Trolltunga. It's from Buxton Brewery. It's a UK brewery and it was a sour beer. One of the first that he's he has tried, and wow, it really blew him away. Also featured on the Spooky Beers episode of Battle of the Beer. So that was uh, Troll Tunga. That was his explanation for that. Yes, yeah, so the next one
1: was the Nut of Your Business uh, stout. And that was from Grand Armory Brewing. And this is one that you and I both expressed interest in. Yes, um, but he said, I love the combination of stout and peanut butter that this creates. They have a King size, uh, Imperial version in the works that I definitely want to get my grubby little mitts on.
0: Yeah. 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 Sounds good. I think that's
1: me. a, that's a good one to share, <laughs> yeah. you know, with some folks that do some nice podcasting. I yeah. don't know. I, yeah. You'd have to come up with some names for that. I, um, I'll put that on you, but, uh, okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next one is the blueberry maple stout from Sagatuk Brewing Company and it says, Oh Denny, the pain of the last episode is still there. Not overly sweet in taste, but it just I just love the blueberry and maple combination of the stout. While the idea of drinking a blueberry pancake is horrible, that is the best way I can describe this one. Fantastic. So, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, honestly, when I, when, when he first mentioned this, uh, you know, on the show following his 100 episode, and I heard, I saw it with blueberry maple stout, I'm thinking, yeah, I don't think, you know, that sounds pretty s- kind of sweet and weird, you know, blueberry and maple. But if it, you know, if it tastes good, I'll have to give it a shot. And You haven't had this one, have you, John?
1: Mm-mm, no. And, you know, honestly, it's one that I w- would have skipped over mm-hmm. had someone not, you know, given us some props ahead yeah. of time because uh, blueberry beers do not have a high batting average with me. Oh. Um, so uh, it's something I generally avoid unless somebody says I should try it. OK. Um, so, yeah, this one I'll try out if I ever find it. <laughs> so uh, next is well, the Milky Pumpkin. A mix of New Holland beers, copyright Flexipose. Uh, it says, so John was pretty spot on with his input on this beer. Oddly enough, New Holland does promote an official mix, which they call the Filthy Dragon oh. 70% Ichabod and 30% Dragon's Milk. The Milky Pumpkin is the inverse of 3070, uh, the random crab
0: <laughs> Flexipose produces. <laughs> Awesome! <laughs> they can, we, we, need to, we need to trademark that. <laughs> it actually says copyright flexible. So yeah, yeah, they're taking care. of it <laughs> oh, That's awesome. Well, I'm glad that Jason was able to fill us in the in the in the, the very minute details of of uh, of how this became. So that's good to know. I honestly, I think the Milky Pumpkin is probably the one I would gravitate towards myself. Um, I, I don't know if seventy percent. Of the of the uh, pumpkin beer it might be maybe too much. I don't know. i I'd try both. Though. I want to try both. You're going to have equal amounts of beer left over from four bottles, so you can just do one one way and one the other. Okay, and his last beer, the Habanero Sculpin from Ballast Point. He says, it's true, I love some spice in my beer. Totally agree with Tim on his pick of Founders Mango Magnifico great beer, and I believe he sent you some Mayan mocha stout as well. Yes, he did. Uh, Another fave. Anywho, yes, I love the slight burn that Habanero can provide in beers. I brewed a Habanero Citra Pale Ale last year, and I really wanted to make an IPA this year, but my peppers just never produced, and I never got around to just buying some. I love spice. Anyway, thanks for another great show, and cheers to 2017. So, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I just want to thank thank you, Jason, for uh, f- go ahead and giving us more information on your beers. We really appreciate it. And now, e- now John and I are really all over these beers. Except for the Habanero Sculpin, I've already had. I had one taste taster of it, and that was enough to. I knew I wasn't gonna drink any more than the taster. It was wuss. yeah, yeah <laughs> I am a wuss. I am a wuss.
1: All right, so our next feedback comes from Tom Joseph at King Holmes. Uh, Some uh, discussion he had with Denny. Uh, He said, I listened to the first half of the new podcast this morning. Great show so far. I like having East Coast representation with the noteworthy beers. Uh, More chance of actually having one of those beers. Uh, Said a few things I thought of while listening to the last shows. Uh, Prices are a lot cheaper in your area. I laugh when you two mention six-pack prices and bomber prices, as they are usually a few dollars cheaper than out here. We even pay those prices for the local stuff, so it isn't a matter of shipping. I I enjoyed the prices when I was out in Idaho. Second, uh, you mentioned the same beer tasting uh, better or worse the following year. I have had the same issue. One of my favorites is uh, Schaftly Tasmanian IPA. Second year I had it, it was noticeably different and not as good. The guy at the beer store told me they had a shortage on whatever hop they had used the previous year and had to use a replacement. Uh, It made sense and has tasted good ever since. I guess they have remedied their hop issues.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's a common common problem, especially when there's hop shortages. If there's some kind of a crop issue or a fire takes out uh, a farm and they can't produce, they can't get them, sometimes you have to punt and try some other hops in there and it, it may not be the same. So
1: yeah, and that's why a, a lot of brewers try not to rely heavily on any single hop in any particular beer. Yeah. Um because if you do a blend, then you only have to, you know, find a replacement for some of the character of the beer rather than all the character of the yeah, beer. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know, which is, you know, a much easier task.
0: Okay. But all right. Well, thank you, Tom, for that feedback. We really appreciate it. And uh, we also got some feedback um, from our uh, Facebook comment on the, on the last episode from Kevin. This is Amanda's husband. We mentioned in the last episode. He says, "Great podcast. I hope a lot of the 2017 predictions mentioned come true." All right. It looks like he's on he's on uh, board with us, or at least with uh, Chris and I. Now, John. You listened to the show, and did, did you think, the, just quickly, you don't have to go too detail, but for the most part, do the predictions that, that the, the two people that wrote those articles and what, uh, of course, what uh, Chris and I also kind of were, were hoping the trends are going to be for 2017, do you agree with those trends? Or do you want to see something different?
1: Uh, no, I think uh, for the most part, I agree. And I think a lot of it, you know, what you mentioned is, uh, a lot of stuff that has started to happen, uh, which we were hoping happened last year. Mm-hmm. We, it's more we hoping that a lot of that stuff continues. Yeah, you know. Um, although I did chuckle to myself for some of the articles because it uh, seemed like they were a little redundant on a few of the things, like uh, the way they they phrased it. Then they they worked out another uh, trend prediction that was basically the same as something they already said, but
0: yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, uh,
1: a little more specific. But uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, uh, I was in, in lockstep with you guys. Okay,
0: so. good, good.
1: Uh, and then finally, uh, Jay at Maniac 17 on Twitter, uh, commented a great show this week. Milk Stout and Goza for the win. So rum barrel aged is my favorite barrel aged stone woo stout is my favorite collaboration. Uh, it's my favorite tap the craft yet. I'm still learning the lingo.
0: All right. Yeah, see, see, John, you, you might be worried. Jay, Jay likes uh, what Chris gave him.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, although you know, the show improved when I got on. The show improved when Chris got on. So maybe uh, Chris and I just need to do the show. You know what? You know.
0: Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm maybe I'm oblivious to seeing the writing on the wall. Maybe the, I'm the 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 one common factor that's affected the show. <laughs> but, uh, all right, Jay, we, we appreciate your feedback. We're glad you're enjoying the show. And you know what? Um, what's nice about our show is we cover a lot of the lingo that we, that we mentioned now early episodes. You can always go back, listen to those, but I think what might, might be a good idea is now that we're in, you know, we're in the middle of our third season that we should probably, you know, every so often, you know, talk about some of the lingo again just to refresh it in the new listeners' minds in case they didn't go back and listen to the whole thing. So maybe I'll start adding in a little lingo segment where we just kinda of talk about some terms really quick, you know, before you know, just to refresh everyone. So that's a good good feedback. All right. Now if you if everyone out there listening wants to be like the listeners who just you know comment on us, you can do that very easily. Because you just saw three different ways that people contacted us. They contacted us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com. They also uh, did it through Twitter. And that's at tapthecraft on Twitter. Very, very simple. And, of course, they did it on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com tapthecraft and you can leave comments and we also just want to take the time to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They provide our hosting space at OpenForumRadio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we know you're going to find some other great shows like the following. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now, I know you're a crafty consumer. And if you
1: would like to consume other great podcasts, check out OpenForumRadio.com. We house such podcasts
0: as Open Radio proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husband's Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. All right. Now, as we mentioned, we are going to jump into our beer tasting notes segment and John and I right now are going to pop open our bottles of beer. And we are going to be pouring the Lagunitas Cappuccino Stout. And this is from Lagunitas Brewing. It's in Petaluma, California. They also have a brewery in Chicago. And they're building another one in in Southern California. Uh, I can't remember the name of that one in Southern California. It's some weird name that starts with an A, I think. Uh, But, yeah, they're... And so you can, pretty much everyone, I think, can get Lagunitas in their area. So uh, this cappuccino stout is actually, uh, well. let's just go through this. It's an Imperial American imperial stout with coffee added. And it comes in at 9.62% alcohol by volume. And the international bittering units are 29.5. Wow, they really dialed that in pretty quickly close to that 29.5 and, and uh, the nine... brewery their size
1: probably is uh, actually measuring that rather yeah, than uh, yeah
0: than just guessing <laughs> and calculating it. all uh. right and the uh, uh the containers which you can find this in it comes two ways it comes in a 22 ounce bottle which is what john and i are drinking tonight and you can also get it on draft uh, at your bar and it's only available – it's a seasonal release. It's only available in January and February. So right now is the time you can go out and get this seasonal release beer. And that's why John and I are doing it for you right now because it's when it's available. All right, John. So I just poured my glass. I'm using a nice 20-ounce Willie Becker glass like you, I'm sure, right? Or are you using, a using Willie okay. Becker. Okay. okay. I, I, I want to use mine because I want to make sure I got the same experience that you get So I decided I'm gonna use a Willie Becker. If
1: I had known, I could have also used a 20 ounce Willie Becker, but I'm not. Oh, a
0: a smaller one. one. Yeah. Okay. So, um, looking at the color, um, it's brown, brown, brownish black. You're gonna, and of course, you always give me crap when I when I say that I can see a little bit of reddish in there, hint of hue of red, but
1: I I get orange.
0: Is it orange?
1: I get orange in the corner, like down in the, in the bottom. Okay. When I get the light through it.
0: Yeah, it, it could be orange. I don't know. It could be, I'm going to say red, reddish orange. I'm going to say burnt orange. <laughs> You're going to hedge. It's, it's, burnt, <laughs> it's burnt orange color, but it's a, a nice deep, deep brown. It's definitely a deep brown coloring. I wouldn't say black. I'd say a deep, deep brown with either orange or reddish uh tints to it uh it looks to be a pretty clear beer although i can't see through it and i don't see any bubbles coming up Uh, but again it's pretty it's because you can't see anything i can't see anything so (laughs) i I don't i can't comment on that you have anything else to add about the color i
1: I can't read through it
0: yeah i know i can't read through it either it's can't. (laughs) it must be all the coffee in there that must be it yeah all right How, how about the the head john what do you got for a head uh, I got a dark
1: tan, light brown. I guess. <laughs> I, I just realized I don't think I've ever described anything as dark tan. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, I poured with about a um, little over a finger's uh, head on it, and uh, now it's it's sitting at about a half a finger ahead. But uh, mostly fine bubbles, okay. uh, very dense head. So.
0: Okay so so mine mine was is a little bit different. And I didn't aggressively pour it, which maybe that I should have done a little bit more aggressive pour and that might be why, but I did have a head that came up uh, maybe a finger and a half, two fingers, but the bubbles were or the yeah, the bubbles in the head were pretty large bubbles. They weren't creamy. It wasn't a creamy head. It was more of a a coarse uh, bubbly big bubble head and it died down pretty quick. I mean literally uh, it, within a minute after I poured it, it was all the way down to no head at all. Right now, I have no head whatsoever. So, mine is a little bit lacking in the in the head cat, in head uh, retention for sure. So, all right, let's take a whiff of this thing and let's tell our listeners what we smell. And and I know that you're you've got a bit of a cold, and my nose is if you can't tell, my nose is kind of plugged up too. So this might be tough for me.
1: Yeah, I am uh, struggling for much of anything. Um, but that's mostly because I'm pretty sure one of my nostrils isn't even working right now.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it's just mind games, but I do think I'm getting a little bit of coffee in there and uh, some roast Yeah, um, in my other nostril.
0: Yeah, I get a little roast and... There may be a slight uh, hint of coffee in that in that aroma too, but it's not it's not heavy coffee. It's not like some of those stouts that you pour and you put your nose up to it, and it's just like big, like fresh beaned coffee, you know, in your nose. This is very subtle if there is any coffee, which is weird, right? Because I, I think because this beer was ahead of the time of coffee beers, that it it doesn't. It doesn't have the same characteristics of some of the better coffee beers that we've been experiencing lately. All right, anything else? I'm, I think we're going to go into the taster here. Let's go ahead and take a take a yeah. sip. Mm. Okay. So, unlike this is probably pretty much unlike uh, your cold cold brew beer you just had, right? That that one was probably you didn't get much. You said you didn't get much bitterness off of that cold brew. This one, you definitely get some bitterness off of that coffee. What do you What do you think? Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's definitely some of that uh, acidity to it, a um, lot bitterness. And, you know, that some of that might be, um, you know, this is a big stout as well. So you, I think you get some of that roast yeah. um, in here. Um, but uh, they definitely play each other up a little bit. But, I mean – you know that it's it's there. It's not uh, playing around. So yeah, which you can say that about most of Lagunitas beers. They don't they don't really play around at all.
0: Yeah, so. they don't play around. I think you're right. I think that um, I think I'm getting a, the bitterness. It, the bitterness I'm getting is is I think is coming from the hops mostly. I kind of sense some piney hops in there, in in, in the background. That's kind of being. Um, covered up a little bit by the coffee too, so it's kind of mixing that that piney bitterness with this coffee uh, flavor. Um, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I've been spoiled on coffee beers, and my expectation for it's been a while since I've had this beer. and My expectations when I have a coffee stout or whatever is to be very you know good. <laughs> um. And I, I, I'm not I'm not being wooed by this beer right now. How, are you being wooed by this? Is this is this uh, hitting everything you were hoping it was going to hit? Um,
1: I don't know because I don't have all my senses. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <clears throat> I will say my memory of this beer is fonder than what I'm mm-hmm. tasting right now. Um, but I don't know because I am not feeling great and I am pretty plugged up. So, uh. But I know that, you know, this is one that we try to pick up every year that it comes out. I mean, that's what we think of it. And um, so I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt that I'm just uh, sick right now. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, you give it the benefit of the doubt. Um, I'm going to – I'm not going to give it the benefit of the doubt because I'm going to be critical on it. But uh, (laughs) as far as the front end, I get the coffee up front. It's, uh, you know, darker roast, maybe some of the dark roast of the – of the malt in there, but I think it's, you know, coming some of that dark roast from the coffee. Like I mentioned before, I'm getting some of that pine, pine hops in there uh, with the coffee. It's kind of a, for the bitterness. Of course, now I'm talking about the, the finish, the body. Let's talk about the body a little bit. The body is a little bit thinner than I want in a, in a stout. I expect to, to be a little bit heavier. It's not thin. Uh, it's kind of medium bodied, maybe, maybe medium, heavy kind of between between but it's definitely not heavy and that's what i like a good you know heavy thick coffee stout um and i'm it's making me burp a little bit so i'm wondering even though i don't see any carbonation in here at all coming up from it uh it appears to be a little bit uh maybe some of that sharpness i'm tasting is coming from a little bit of carbonation so what about your body
1: but Yeah, i think uh, i'm getting a, a full body of this um and i i'm not getting any issues from carbonation um it's uh you know medium carbonation pretty much what i'd expect uh but um as far as a, a stout in the body i mean this it, it hits for me okay. and it's i'm fine so um yeah so i, I guess if we uh want to go into the finish yeah what do you get in the finish um for me, I get um a moderate uh roast um, no real astringency, which I sometimes get with uh, these big stouts um, but I'm not picking that up uh, with this one um, but I do get some of that roast and then uh it, it comes it wipes away pretty quickly um, for me It doesn't linger too badly, uh, but that might also be that I just can't sense that it's lingering yeah. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, how about you? How's the finish for you?
0: Uh, it it does my finish. I get, I I'm getting a little bit of the, like I mentioned before, a little bit of the bitterness. I believe it's coming from whatever hops are using. Evergreen, piney kind of hop. It doesn't really taste like trees, you know. But it's got. I can tell it's that's what it is. It's it is being masked by the. Oh, see, I can't stop burping right now. <laughs> It is being masked a little bit by the coffee. Um, It does linger in the back of my tongue a little bit long. Um, In fact, right now I haven't taken a sip for a minute or so, and I still taste the coffee in the back of my tongue as I'm sitting here talking. So it does last a little bit longer than I'd like. Um, Yeah, that's about it. That's just a little bit of bitterness. I definitely get a bitterness from from the, the finish. So. All right, let's go into uh, whether or not we recommend this for new people to craft beer. And I'm just going to say I do not recommend this beer for anyone that is not used to drinking big, uh, you know, big stouts. Uh, what about you, John?
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, although I see things like coffee as sometimes the way to um, start to bridge that gap, uh, like, the honestly, the Shiner – cold brew coffee ale that I had to start the show, um, that might be one that I I offer because mm-hmm. it's just a very smooth coffee experience mm-hmm. um, and can kind of bridge that gap with, you know, I, I'm doing air quotes, mm-hmm. which is good podcasting. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, to get that, the beer flavor, you know, that some people say they don't like. That's why they don't drink beer, you know. Yeah. Um even though it's a very generic and not helpful term when you're trying to help somebody yeah um but uh no the, I think uh you know a big stout like this i wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it
0: okay okay, so glassware um you know Willie Becker, like we're drinking out of, is it okay, but I think for the most part, the recommended glassware would be a tulip or a snifter glass uh to really kind of trap in. The aromas and get it in your nose and uh, make the experience better. Maybe that's part of our problem is we don't have enough uh, of of all that stuff trapped in there for us to get a good, you know, better flavor. Uh, but that's okay. I think Willie Becker's okay. I think it's, it's a decent glass.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't think you'd go wrong with a Sniffer for something this size. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I, you know, it's probably not necessary.
0: I yeah, would say. yeah. I don't think it's necessary. I think it might it might give you a little bit more, uh, experience. Um, and which, you know, I don't want to get on too much of a side tangent or anything, but, um, our buddy, Mike Mahoney over at uh, the 40 cast and, uh, uh, gamers in beta, he bought some Willie Becker glasses on, on my recommendation. He started pouring his beer into them, and, uh, he, in his opinion, uh, the beer tastes worse in a glass. And I, uh, I, I was just shocked when I heard him say that. Uh, I think, I think he said, I don't know if it tastes worse, it tastes different, and the difference is correct. Your your beer is going to taste different in a glass. For one thing, if he's used to drinking the beer out of a small hole in a bottle, uh, he's not. You know, all he's doing is putting it in his mouth. He's in his taste buds are only getting what's you know what what he's exposed to in his mouth. And he's probably missing out on a lot of the flavors that are in that beer. Maybe that's what he likes. He likes not having flavor in his beer. Um, and well, now, yeah, like-
1: and he he made that comment that maybe he didn't like having more flavor. Yeah, you yeah. know, and he you know he's somebody that is still expanding his palate and figuring out what what he enjoys and doesn't enjoy. So yeah, um, you know, but I, I'd be curious if he went back to um. You know something not as strong. I'm blanking on the name of the beer that. Fin, uh, Le Fin Dumont? Or something well, like it's that. it's from them, but it's not that beer. I didn't think. I thought it was a different one. Oh, maybe huh. it is that one. Um,
0: Actually, I I don't know. It's the one. It's the metallic. It's the metal, Megadeth one, right? It's the one he's. Trying yeah,
1: to but um, you know, I'm, I'm curious if he went back to some of the other beers that he had started to enjoy and put those in a glass. What do you think? Um, rather than that one to yeah. start off.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, maybe I,
1: he's tried that, and I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think he, I mean I'm I'm assuming he's got his session Lager that he's throwing in there, and maybe it's the session the IPA. He uh, he said he bought some full sale IPA, which is gonna you know it's def- that's definitely gonna taste different in the bo- in the bottle than in the glass. The glass is gonna open up those hops and give you you know more of the uh, hop aromas to to go with the flavor and when he's drinking it just out of the the small hole it's probably going to mute a lot of stuff so i can see that one definitely changing when he's drinking uh you know in the glass but uh, i'm gonna i think i'm gonna be on their show uh this this week and i'm hoping he'll be on there too so that we can uh chat it up and i can find out more you know talk to him more about this whole glass thing because i don't want him to give up on the glass And I don't want him to feel bamboozled that we convinced him to buy glasses and now his beer sucks because um, that's not true. Beer is better in in glass. At least uh, good craft beer is.
1: Yeah. Well, not like we get a check from getting people to buy glasses. (laughs) Although if anybody's willing to do that, uh, you know, let us know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, tapthecraft at gmail.com to send our, our royalties. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John. It's time to rate this beer, and I know that you're probably going to rate it higher than I am. And I haven't changed our rating system. Remember, I said I was going to try to yeah, revamp our rating. Yeah, I was just rating? thinking about that. And I haven't done it yeah. yet. I, I need to. I need to put some thought into it, uh, and maybe you can send me some ideas to this. You know, this yeah, next year. Should beer.
1: have had new year, new new rating system. Maybe yeah. by the next time we do a tasting, we'll have it figured yeah. out.
0: Yeah, we'll have a whole month to figure it out, but. Um I I'm, I'm going to rate this one an average. Uh, this is well Ooh, no. Wow. Well and this is making sense because it's,
1: Yeah, it's the problem with this. This system is broken.
0: Yeah, it is broken because everything everything I I have on here is means it means pretty except for the the lowest one means that it's actually a good beer and and you should drink it because I usually won't drink beers that aren't good on here. And this is not a bad beer. But it's not one that I would recommend drinking every day or drinking something that you feel drinkable because this beer is not what I would consider something that's easy drinker. You know, it's not something easy to go down and you just want to drink something. But it is, in my book, this isn't. Now that I've had so many great coffee beers, this one is just average in the ranking of crap. You know, this is, this is a three out of five cap if I were to rate it on untapped now. Um, it's my, my palate has changed over the years and, um, that's what this is. What about you, John? What do you think? Is this uh, greater than a three cap rating or an average rating?
1: So, uh, hearing you describe it that way, um, (laughs) you know, you, I have had some coffee beers that are way better than, or I mean, in terms of coffee character and being a coffee beer, Mm -hmm. um, that are, you know, world-class. I mean, like the Gusta Crema from, from Georgetown and, uh, you know, Rubens has their Kenya Crema that is just dynamite, um, in the same way. Uh, but that doesn't take away from my enjoyment of this beer. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, like I mentioned, something we get all the time. So I, I would actually put this, um, On our scale, as memorable, tell your friends to try it. I wouldn't stop from recommending that somebody try this beer. Um, So, uh, I think that's where I would land.
0: All right, that's hey, and I'm not gonna say you're wrong because you're right. I think people should try it. Um, but in my opinion, this is one that I that now right now I try it and it's forgettable for me. So (laughs) it's like. This this might be the last bottle of this cappuccino stout I buy. And I used to buy a lot of this, you know, only, even go back 5 years ago, I was buying a lot of this beer when it came out during the season because I enjoyed it. And I don't know, my 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 taste buds have changed and now it's not either know that or the beer's changed and it's not as good as it was, you know, 6 years ago, 5 years ago. Um Yeah, so I looked it up
1: and I have it
0: at a 4. You have it at a 4? What do yeah. I have it at?
1: I'd probably give it a five at a time. Probably based off our different rating systems. <laughs> <laughs> You're more lenient. but Although, I will say, um, I was trying to think of a resolution for 2017, mm-hmm. and uh, you have not rated this beer. Hmm. Really? You're not in the list.
0: Okay, well... There you go. See, this is one of the beers that I've had that I've never rated. And I've had... Yeah, I've unless had this...
1: you've rated some, like, year version. I don't know if they have year versions no, for this. No, no, I would have no, rated but... this.
0: I would have rated this as a, a regular... Because it was before they had the year ones. So I probably yeah. haven't added it yet, so... um. Oh, but
1: anyway, what I was going to say for my resolutions resolutions, I, um, I was going to uh, have the resolution of... Uh, Not being so stingy.
0: Oh, there you
1: go. Good. My caps.
0: (laughs) So (laughs)
1: that's pretty much all I could come up with at the time. So that's what I'm going to go with.
0: Okay. So I just looked up and I've had this three times and my rating is a five cap. So you must must have logged in. I don't know.
1: Maybe maybe it's far enough down the list. It doesn't show me in my friends. Oh,
0: okay. That could be. Yeah. I don't know if
1: it gives me that. Yeah. It doesn't give me an option to load more. When was your last check-in? I'm just curious.
0: My last check-in... Okay, I'm bringing up my check-ins now. So my... F- um, My last check-in was December 14th of 2012.
1: Yeah, so this goes back to 2014 in my... Uh, okay. In my little menu here, and it doesn't give me an option to load more. So,
0: so what's interesting, too, I, I'm wondering if maybe this beer has changed in, like I said, in the last four years. I mean, it's been four years since I've had this beer, and um, you know, beers change. They change over time. And I I think maybe it's changed because I remember, I I remember loving this beer, and now I drink it right now, I'm not loving it, and maybe I, I don't know, I just, I don't know, I don't know why. It's just weird, so... Oh, well, I, I need to change my rating because now everyone's going to see that I gave it five and they might want to jump in and then they'll say, You suck at rating because this beer's a three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's, right.
1: it's got a, an average of four among my friends. so
0: Yeah, mine I'm too. I'm right there. Yeah, I'm right there. Yeah, it's the same thing on mine. There's an <laughs> average, average rating of four. So I'll have to change my rating too. Okay, well, that is our tasting note segment. We don't have any malts or hops because Lagunitas is really stingy with telling us what they put in their stuff. Uh, the food pairings—they gave some ice cream, vanilla ice cream that I've never heard of brand. So you might want to mix it in a uh, in a float, but um, I've never done that, so I don't know if it's good mm. or not. That could be good. Yeah. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment, and of course, the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing all kinds of various related beer topics. And this week, we're going to discuss coffee style beers, and we're going to start us off with getting a little insight from our home brewer extraordinaire, Mr. John Ream, right here on the show with us. He has actually experienced brewing you know homebrew with coffee and different ways of doing it and he's gonna i just asked him to to go ahead and, and explain uh what his experiences are and what the best methods that he's found to get a good coffee flavor into your beer without all that acid uh and uh and bitterness that can be accompanied with so john why don't you go ahead and uh let us know about your coffee beer brewing experience
1: all right so uh I use whole coffee beans, so I don't grind it. Um, I just put the whole bean in there. I dry bean my beer, mm-hmm. um, essentially. So um, I do that because it allows uh, the coffee carriage to more slowly integrate into the beer. Mm-hmm. Um, when you grind it up, you get a lot more service area uh, for the coffee itself, um, so it, it's a lot faster. So to hit that right point where just it tastes the way you want it to taste is a lot harder unless you're sitting there, you know, pulling samples every hour, Yeah, you know, because um, it won't take that long. Um, with the whole coffee beans, uh, I find somewhere between 36 and 48 hours. Okay. Um, is where it'll hit for me. Um, so I don't even taste it the first day anymore. Um I'll start tasting it every six to ten hours, starting on day two, um, to to find where I want it. Um, So for my homebrew, I use it um, at a rate of two ounces of coffee beans uh, per five gallons of beer.
0: Oh wow, that's not Um, very much.
1: No, it doesn't take very much, and you know that kind of gives you an idea of when you see these light beers um, that have that coffee character, you know, it doesn't take a lot of coffee to impart that character. Mm -hmm. So that's how they can stay light in color um, and still have that coffee character. Um, And then uh, in terms of roast, uh, I like to go with a a lighter roast. Um, It lets more of that, the actual you know, flavor that you get from the coffee, Mm -hmm. you know, some of that earthiness, sometimes fruitiness, um, you know, whatever it is, you can find things that complement the beer, um, better with a lighter roast than a darker roast. A darker roast tends to be a lot more of that, um, burnt, acrid character Mm -hmm. that comes along with it. And that, um, you know, especially if you're doing it in a stout can become overbearing, Uh, very quickly because the stout will already be roasty and then you're adding on top of it. Um, so, uh, I, I don't use, uh, dark or even medium roast, uh, coffee usually, um, when I, when I make mine and, uh, yeah, I just put another keg of, uh, my coffee vanilla stout in the, in the keezer. Mm. So that'll be, that'll be tap soon. I'm looking forward to that. So.
0: Okay, so um, yeah, what what kind of beers have you experimented with? Coffee beans, is it just stouts, or have you tried other things? Uh, I've only done stouts. Um, I, I think it'd be really fun
1: to figure out a uh, a good, um, you know, cream ale or blonde yeah. ale. Yeah, you know, even a pa- one. even a
0: pale ale if you can find. And I, and I mentioned in the last show i think or i think when we were on i mentioned that even if you if you you have to have the right hop character with the coffee because if you have the wrong one it it doesn't it doesn't go well so it's finding that right balance between uh you know the hop and the coffee flavors that you don't you know make it you know sickening to try to drink
1: yeah and that's an an added variable because you know the the malt uh is a lot easier to pair with the coffee you know it different characters that a malt's gonna gonna bring mm-hmm. um you know are gonna blend well with coffee almost across the board. Um whereas it's it, <laughs> I think it's probably easier to screw up a hoppy coffee beer than it is to get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Um where it's vice versa for something that's more malt focused.
0: Okay.
1: Um but uh that would be it would be cool but I think I'd wanna get a good um you know, cream ale or blonde ale coffee ale first mm-hmm. and then go from there. And I also, I have yet to, um, experiment with doing a cold brew, um, which I, the more, uh, brewers I talked to recently, a lot of them are moving to the cold brew aspect just because it doesn't, uh, bring a lot of that, you know, bitterness along with it. Yeah. So, Um, I haven't tried that, but I also, I haven't been put off by the character that I get from the whole coffee beans. So I haven't had a lot of reason to, uh, change. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Well, you answered my question I was going to ask you about if you tried the other methods. Uh, but since like you said if if you if this works for you and and you're able to control it and make the beer you want, then hey, go with the bean, the dry beaning and uh, don't don't risk it. so I, I like yeah, it. and dry beaning is a lot more fun to say than yeah. <laughs> I put cold brew in my beer. That's right, that's right. all right. well, thank you for your input, John. I'm hoping that any of our homebrewers out there may take your uh, experience and use it in their own brew. Uh, you gave everything they need, you know about two ounces per five gallons put the whole bean use a lighter roast uh, don't check it for 48 hours I, I, no, I no, don't
1: check it for 24 hours or
0: 24 hours then start checking <laughs> okay <laughs> all right I, I guess I, I remember you saying that about 48 hours when it was good though right but yeah okay.
1: although if you're going something lighter than a stout you might want to check it
0: earlier sooner okay
1: but uh, yeah
0: all right. All right, excellent. See, I, I got the crash course on on making coffee homebrews. Yeah, now we just
1: need to crash course you into actually brewing your own stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> All right, well, let's go into our first article. And this article is from craftbeer.com. It was written by Mark Denote. And this is Awaken Your Senses with Single Origin Coffee Stouts. And uh, we're going to basically just kind of cover a summary of the article. The article is pretty in-depth, pretty lengthy. We'll have a link to it on our show notes, so you can follow it, and you can go read the full article uh, at your leisure. But John and I are just going to kind of briefly talk about the main points that they have to talk about here. So, I'm going to start off, and uh, basically, coffee beers have been well-received in the last few years, and brewers have not only been adding coffee to porters and stouts, but also other styles, such as IPAs, blonde ales, Brown Ales, even Berliner Weisses and Saisons and Ales, So there's all kinds of styles of beers that we're now seeing coffee in. And as John, as you've heard John and I mention many times on the show, we're really impressed by a lot of these different styles of beer. I'm, I'm really curious on that Berliner Weiss. I've never had a Berliner Weiss, although I have had a Saison. And the Saison was actually pretty good uh, with the coffee in there. So my goal this year is to find a Berliner Weiss with coffee in it. I think I'll try that. A few breweries have found that using single-origin coffee beans makes for a different coffee flavor than the traditional blended styles. Uh, Much like single malt and single hop beers, um, or even barrel-aged stouts from different spirit barrels, uh, the single-origin coffee stouts, brewers are able to bring a more nuanced flavor profile, and they also are able to highlight a a new side to the classic stout ingredient. So... They're finding that, you know, and anyone who doesn't understand what a single-origin coffee bean is, so a lot of the coffees that you buy out in the store, those aren't one bean. Uh, they're blending beans. So you'll have a be- different beans from different areas of the world or different, you know, different styles of beans. Some might be uh, even a, a lighter uh, roast and a darker roast, and they kind of blend it and then grind it to get a, a different flavor. Um, what single origin does is that all these different coffee beans from a single type of origin, they'll have distinct flavors profiles. Just like beer has distinct flavor profiles from the hops and from the ma- the malts, uh, coffee beans are the same way. Some might give you a chocolate flavor, some might give you fruity flavors, some might give you an herbal or spicy flavor, so by using single origin, you're able to capture in those flavors and put that flavor into the beer with the coffee. So that's why these single origin beans are kind of a new, a new thing. You're, you're actually, you know, pinpointing specific flavors and adding that character into your beer.
1: Yeah. So, uh, one of the breweries that has become very well known for working with coffee is modern times beer in San Diego. Uh, and so much so that they actually roast their own coffee too. So they are a brewery and coffee roaster. Um, and they've been experimenting with coffee beers, uh, I think, since they opened years ago. Um, so their sleepest City uh, Coffee Brown Ale is made with single-origin Kenya <laughs> pea berry Peaberry. Peaberry. <laughs> I got the Peaberry part. Uh, <laughs> coffee. Uh and they, the brewery was aiming, aimed for a harmonious union of these two complex flavors rather than a sledgehammer of just one flavor, and we feel we achieved it. Uh, the beer and coffee go marvelously together and are definitely greater than the sum of their parts. Mm-hmm. And uh, founder and CEO uh, Jacob McKean uh, states, uh, "You know, not all coffee tastes good in beer, and single origins often have certain aspects of their profile cranked up to 11 so it takes a lot of work between our coffee people and our beer people to find a single origin that hits all the right notes for a given beer. Yeah. Um, so modern times uh, does not just put any bean in their beer; they choose unique beans uh, that aids in the sharpening of the beer and giving every flavor in the beer a place to shine. And they actually reject ninety eight percent of the beans they try, and I think this goes to um, you know something a lot of. Uh, brewers work on, which is, you know, they don't want, um, you know, something that uh, is, you know, flavored in a way that the beer is just a vessel. Mm-hmm. Um, you want a a good beer with that flavor in it, you know, that it works with the beer rather than um, one just carries the other. Yeah. Or, you know, um, which I think is is really the the best the best way yeah uh, for it to be yeah so
0: yeah it's like I said it's just like brewers that take the time to find the perfect hop blends you know the hops that go together to make what they're trying to get out of their beer same thing they're they're I mean they're rejecting ninety eight percent of the single origin beans that they are trying if you know most of them are being rejected they're finding they're picking out the the ones that Are able to provide them the flavor profile they're looking for. And uh, it's, I mean, this is true artisan craft beer and coffee. I mean, they're they're doing both, they're doing both in one, which is pretty uh, interesting. I don't think, I mean, I don't think a lot of breweries go to this extent. I mean, modern times is definitely, uh, you know, taking us to a new level of of, uh, mixing coffee in their beer for sure. All right, we had another uh, brewery that they mentioned in the article. It's from Florida's Cycle Cycle Brewing. And they've released five different barrel-aged single-origin coffee stout variants. And the Cycle Brewing, they built their reputation on their barrel-aged stouts. And the the owner, Doug Dozark, states that, this is quoted from him, he says, Our imperial stouts are designed for barrel aging, and it is incomplete. And it is an incomplete beer without the barrels. They went out and chose five single-origin bean coffees from five continents and selected the following coffees. So, before I get into the coffee, they said um, it's a very important um, statement that the uh, that the owner mentions. Right? They basically built these stouts so that they went with the with the barrel aging. If without the barrel aging, the stouts wouldn't be complete. And that's pretty, you know, that says a lot that, that you know, they had a, a mission, their goal. Their goal was to have barrel-aged big stouts. And so they built their beer so that it went well with the, with that barrel. And I'm I'm really curious to try their beer. I think Cycle Brewing is in Chris McKenzie's area. I think I saw him... Um, I know he's tried some of Cycle brewings. I don't know if he's, if it's in the Tampa area or or where, but um, I'd be really curious to talk with Chris and find out if he's had uh, some of these barrel aged beers and if he's had these coffee stout variants.
1: Yeah. I I don't think I've ever heard somebody describe it, that their stout was designed for the the barrel and it's incomplete without the barrel. Um, You know, I, I, I've heard of beers being designed for aging and, and that kind of thing but they are also you know they're they're saying you know it's good now, but it's going to be a completely different experience yeah you know after the barrel but to say that we brew it and I would not give it to you until it went through the barrel because it's not ready is completely uh, another step yeah you know out there yeah OCD. So. It <laughs> has to be.
0: It's got to be quality. It's you know? got to be quality. Uh, all right. So, um some of the beans so they like I said, they picked five different beans from five different continents. And so they use like a Brazilian o- O'Beron coffee. Um they also oh, and and uh and I think they just got the coffee from from the uh I, I was trying when I was reading the article I was kind of confusing because I was used to seeing bean but I think they they got the coffee from the coffee producer and it might already be made in liquid form I I'm I'm wondering um, but they had the Brazilian Oberon coffee the Ethiopian your god Yagashi coffee I'm not even going to try that uh, Indonesian Sumatra uh, Jamaican Blue Mountain which is uh, expensive coffee there, and Vietnamese coffee, so those are the, the different coffees that they uh, they put in their stout. so Dozark mentioned that they received good feedback from the beers and realized that some coffees work better than others and will play a part in future brews. so this was kind of an experiment they did, and they they didn't really um, you know go in deep with the coffees they chose uh, you know they didn 't know what to expect they were just kind of experimenting. Uh, unlike what Modern Times beer was doing, is they were actually taking each coffee, doing a little sample into a, into the beer, and finding out which ones worked which ones didn't. And uh, th- these guys didn't go that far. They kind of just said, you know what, let's just see what happens. They found out that some worked really well and some not so well. Now, that's good feedback, and now I think they're going to take that feedback. They're going to use some of the coffees that worked well in their style and make maybe— something that's available more often than just this uh, test that they did.
1: Yeah. It's a risky move, especially for something that you're saying is not good unless it's been through a barrel. I mean, tying up that beer for that long and then having it not play out the yeah. way you did. Cause yeah. you didn't plan ahead for the coffee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, because, Ooh. because I don't, again, I think people think coffee is coffee, right? It's, I mean, it, it's going to taste like coffee and don't, it's like, Oh, coffee's good. And, in different things but i don't think they realize how much of a player the coffee can be in in the beer if it's you know so it's yeah, interesting but
1: I, I don't know i think i could reserve some of my incomplete beer and and do some tests before i <laughs> you know ruin a batch of barrel aged beer true
0: true Although he didn't say
1: any of it was bad he just said some were better than others yeah which, yeah you know, yes yeah. we don't know where the where the line was that's true that's true um, but, uh, we can move on to Utah where Epic Brewery has built an entire line of beers from its popular, uh, Big Bad Baptist Imperial Stout, yeah. one of Denny's favorites. Yeah. Um, and these beers, dubbed Son of a Baptist, are all brewed using the same base stout recipe aged with coffee from different roasters in different parts of the U.S., uh, with many of these coffees from single origins. Mm-hmm. Um, so in using uh, coffee from all these different sources, uh, including blends, uh, Epic Brewing is able to highlight different kinds of coffee that would not make sense in Bait Bad Baptist, <laughs> um, according to Matthew Allred, Epic Brewing's communications director. Um, the coffees chosen are put into the series and then released for the public to try. Uh, different nuances of coffee and beer show through in each different stout and 2016, there are 14 different releases with 14 different roasters across the U.S. Yeah. But that, I mean, that they're saying, like, we know that uh, some of these just, they don't work with the way that Big Pad Baptist is built up. Yeah. You know, with the, everything that's going on in that beer, mm-hmm. this would clash, or this just would, wouldn't uh, even show up, or, you know, They so at least they have a sense that, uh, like, we know what works with this one, and, We're going to use the rest of these. But I I do like that they're actually releasing their their tests, you know, for people to try. Um, Yeah. Interesting. I'm curious if they would not release it if it really didn't work, you know.
0: I'm going to say that uh, I didn't realize this was going on until I read the article. Because I had Son of the Baptist, and it was on my top ten beers of 2016. It was it got a perfect five rating for me. And I was looking at the bottle, because I saved the bottle, and it doesn't specify what coffee was used. It just says, you know, Imperial stout with coffee. And so um I have no idea which version I got, but the version that I got bottled
1: Does it have a number on it? Because if you look on Untapped or Son of a Baptist, they have like release number fourteen Release number ten, release number thirteen, number one, number nine, and then there are other ones that uh, seem to have specific coffees tied to them um, that folks entered. I'm just curious if the the bottles marked in any way to s- say where it would come from.
0: Okay, so I have Hot Box Coffee, release fourteen. Okay, yeah. So
1: there's there's one for release number fourteen and. So I'm a Baptist hot box. You could have gotten two check-ins for that, and just really put me away.
0: Um. So, so it's the hot box coffee. It says release fourteen hot box, uh, eight point one alcohol, and then it has uh, some other number in there. So that's the one I had, and that was a five cap rating. So if that, I mean, I can't, I don't know. That must have been one of their good ones because I really liked that one a lot, but. So
1: an interesting side note for that. So, you know, there are these two different entries in Untapped for it. So, you know, the release number 14 and the hot box. And they have composites of 4.123 and 4.133. Oh, wow. Can you, can you, I mean, that is <laughs> so close for, you know, I don't know how many check-ins. 150 on one and... Three hundred and ten on the other. So. Really,
0: that's low check-ins.
1: But, wow, that's. But you right. know, I wonder if it goes to people just checking into the the main Son of a Baptist, not realizing
0: there was a different one. specialty, yeah. which ah.
1: has thousands of ratings on it. So,
0: okay, so that's probably it. Is is I didn't realize they were doing this program. I just went to Son of a Baptist, logged it in. I'm guessing I didn't even look at the release number because I wasn't. I know that that Epic puts the releases on there, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't being that picky, I don't think. And, uh, I, it's great. It's a great beer. Um, I think this is a great program. Uh, that one of the things that I didn't mention, you know, the, the, one of the things I mentioned in the article is that, um, depending on where the coffee came from, uh, they sent the beer to that, that origin of where the coffee, uh, came from the roaster in the States. So whatever roaster roasted it in the States, they sent beer to that location. So if a place that doesn't normally get epic beers, their their roastery gave them coffee, that marketplace got son of a baptist for that um you know coffee blend that they did. So that's pretty cool that people were able to try out their coffee that never or beer that never had their beer before just because uh, the coffee was used in it. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so that was the first article, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Again, single-origin beans, uh, you know, is another adjunct ingredient that can add a very distinct flavor to your beer, and don't take it lightly. Uh, obviously, Modern Times doesn't. Um, Cycle Brewing did, and Epic Brewing doesn't, because they're doing a you know 14-run test to find out what works so they can put it in their big, uh, giant Baptist stout that I love. So... Really good article. All right, the next article, again relating to the coffee theme. This is again from Craftbeer.com, and this was by Will McGow. And he said it's labeled or titled "Beers Made with Barrel-Aged Coffee Beans Are Blowing People's Minds." And uh, this one blew my mind because I didn't know this thing was this was even a thing. And when I when I saw the title of the article, I was like, "Oh yeah." I have got to get some of these beers because it sounds fantastic. You know, who doesn't like a good coffee bean and why not age it in a, in a spirit barrel or, and, and get some extra flavor, even an oak barrel, you know, something that will, will, you know, um, transfer some of that flavor and give it even a more robust flavor. I'm all in. So here's, here's how this thing works. There's a new process or a twist brewers are using to infuse coffee into their beer, introducing a beer brewed with barrel-aged coffee beans, and the concept of aging coffee beans in barrels has been been going on in brew or in coffee houses around the country. So this has already been going on in coffee houses where you know they're taking beans and they're taking um, basically unroasted beans and they're aging them in barrels and then brewing coffee out of them. I had no idea. Where are these coffee houses at? I need to go find them so I can go try this awesome coffee. But uh, here, here's how it works for uh, you know, for getting these barrel-aged beans. So barrel-aged coffee is actually aged before it is brewed. Before, uh, uh, before they are roasted, coffee beans are green and very susceptible to their environment. In other words, they soak up the aromas like a sponge. Traditional coffee makers do everything they can to limit green bean exposure to foreign flavors. But in this case they are intentionally exposing it to something they deem favorable, oak barrels. The beans absorb the flavors of the barrel, both the oak and whatever was in the barrel previously, typically wine or whiskey, and after a period of aging, they are roasted as usual. And the article uh, mentions three breweries that have been experimenting with barrel-aged coffee beans. And John... um, You've already talked about Modern Times Beer in San Diego. They oh, they actually age and roast their own beans in house. But there's another brewery. You want to talk about the other brewery that's uh, out of Portland? Sure. So uh,
1: Montevia uh, Brewers in Portland and uh, Middle Brow Brewing of Chicago uh, partner with um, local roasters for their barrel aged beers. <clears throat> uh, so Montevia's Bipartisan Porter uh, brewed in partnership with Bipartisan Cafe. Uh, uses barrel-aged beans from uh, local roaster Water Street Coffee. And founder, brewer Michael Cora, said that the idea was sort of a natural one, a tribute to the morning and nighttime rituals of the city. So when he discovered the neighborhood coffee shop was doing the new thing in coffee, he wanted to make it the new thing in beer. He said, heading into fall, we wanted to brew something special for the dark season. Uh, In Portland, the only thing bigger than coffee is beer. So we wanted to blend those two together. Uh, the beans were aged in an oak barrel uh, that had uh, aged in a Pinot Noir wine uh, previously. Uh, once roasted, the beans were cold-brewed to reduce acidity, and the barrel-aged coffee was added to the porter at the very end of the brewing process to cut down on the bitterness. Um, Cora said the bipartisan porter was widely successful and called it a huge hit. So the flavors are The flavors are distinct, Cora said. Uh, there's Concord grape and Pinot in there, uh, and the oak is the supporting player. They all blend so well together with the porter and we could, and we cold brewed it. So you get a nice big aroma from the coffee.
0: Wow. That sounds pretty awesome, huh?
1: Yeah. I honestly, I would not have thought of doing the beans in a wine barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, I'm intrigued. So. Uh, I, I'd definitely be willing to try something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I haven't even heard of Montevilla Brew Works uh, in Portland, but uh, maybe we need to visit there and try out their coffee porter because that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, all right. So going back to uh, modern times, we already mentioned that they operate both as a brewery and a coffee roaster. So once the coffee side of the business started experimenting with barrel-aged beans, guess what? It didn't take long before they decided to throw in the beans to a batch of beer. Uh, their bourbon, bourbon barrel-aged coffee stout, called the City of the Dead, has a strong notes of the barrel it was aged in, along with a really amazing toasted marshmallow character. The brewer says it would be impossible to mistake a beer made with barrel-aged coffee for a beer made with non-barrel-aged coffee. The beer is brewed using whole beans, and the brewers believe it is the best way to add coffee to beers. See?
1: The experts agree with me. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I first became aware of barrel-aged coffee beans um, in 2015 at the Homebrewers Conference in San Diego from a talk done by modern times folks mm. um, and they actually passed them around that we could smell and you definitely can just smell the barrel character coming off the bean yeah
0: um
1: it was it was very cool um and uh yeah I mean I've had a, a couple of their coffee beers and they are excellent um I mean they know what they're doing so um, definitely good folks to listen to in yeah. terms of, uh, what what to do and what not to do with coffee?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I don't know. I need to find some of this stuff, and I'm hoping that now that the word is out and more breweries are seeing that this is something that that can make really good beer, I'm hoping that it's going to spread and we're going to see some of this happening in some of the smaller breweries in our local areas. Uh, and so keep your eyes open for it, even though you may not be in the areas that have these breweries that are doing it right now, uh, it may be happening soon. This year may be the year that you start seeing some really interesting barrel-aged coffee bean beers. So let's bring it. All right, John, we are getting really late into the show, so let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Before we wrap it up, let's go ahead and just uh, toast a few of our friends. So, John, who would you like to toast tonight?
1: All right. Well, I will start with our buddy, Chris McKenzie. Thanks for uh, filling in and, and doing a good job. You know, folks seem to really enjoy the episode. So, uh, you know, I think we'll have to have Chris back. For sure. Um, for sure. More often than the, the very low rate that we have right now. So, <laughs> um, but uh, then otherwise, uh, I didn't get a, a chance to uh, thank Tim Price for sending us the beers. Um, you you mentioned that on the the last episode uh, it was awesome, and uh, Founders now distributes out here, so I was able to pick up a few more Founders beers to round out the ones that he sent us. Um, but uh, yeah, that Mayan Mocha Stout, I, I really enjoyed. Yeah, the it was nice, good. Ni- nice heat to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, was, it was very good. So, thank you, Tim.
0: Yeah, uh, no, he, yeah, he, he, it was really nice, and I, I also enjoyed that Mocha. I, I wouldn't want to drink more than one, but I enjoyed the one I had, and I definitely liked it when it warmed up. Like when it, I did, I tried it when it was kind of cold out of the fridge. Right away I said, okay, I need this beer to warm up. I let it warm up, and all the flavors came out and it was really nice. I mean, that's the best way of drinking is when it it, uh, it gets a little bit of, of warmth and you, and you have it in a nice – I had it in a snifter glass – So I I was holding it in my palm, and I was getting some of those aromas coming up out of it, and the flavors were really nice. So, yeah, yeah, good job. All right, I also want to thank Chris McKenzie for uh, helping us out and coming in and and just killing it last episode. Uh, You did a really great job. And like John mentioned, Chris, we're going to have you on the show with John and I both together and you Uh, More often So prepare yourself To come on And talk beer with us Because I think uh, Everyone enjoyed What you had to Bring to the show And we just love Talking with you And uh, chatting about beer So Mark your calendar I also want to thank My buddy Alex Fuchs uh, For the fantastic Beer tasting The generosity To bring back All those beers From Israel And then to have us uh, Taste it We had a great night Uh, I mean Fun A lot of laughter, a lot of good beer, uh, and and a good time. I mean, it was literally, you know, four, let's see, we got there at seven. We left there after midnight. So it was five hours of fun we had, just a a great time. So thank you, Alex. And I've got to do raise my glass to some people who uh, continually are out there uh, promoting the show on Twitter and uh, letting people know about us. Uh, Devious Mr. Matt, uh, Derek, Detroit Slasher from the uh, OFR cast, and, of course, Bill Worley, uh, Vlad's Hammer, also from the OFR cast. You guys are always promoting the show. We really, I really appreciate it, and uh, thank you and, and cheers. And, of course, I don't ever leave out my servicemen and women out there, my fellow veterans who have served to protect our freedoms. So I raise my glass to you. And I hope you guys are able to come home to your families real soon. (laughs) And you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you would like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, ununtapped, at loose screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you? Twitter, at prime brewing, untapped,
1: prime WA, and. The word is that there's writing over at homebrewengineer.com. It's a myth.
0: Oh, oh, it's a myth? Oh, damn. Okay. Darn. Or is it a legend? I don't know. A legend? All right. Well, hopefully there'll be more content on homebrewengineer.com soon. All right. Well, hey, John, it is last call. It is time to bring our show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend about Tap the Craft and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn Radio or Google Play or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.